0: Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, it. i your A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV.
1: Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Angel, welcome to the cave. Thank you for joining me today.
0: Thank you for having me in the cave. I feel a little bit like it's this super secret illicit thing to have a lady in the man cave.
1: That's right. It's always I a good mean, thing. It, okay, as long it.
0: as it's a good thing, because as far as I know, man caves—you know—it's it's always sacred space. No,
1: there's been there's been a a lot of uh, a lot of ladies uh, guests uh, on the show, so you're one of the lucky ones as well. <laughs> So listeners, is the viewers who tune in here. You know, they can see you on your latest project as Auntie Ruby and Miss Marvel. But at the same time, like, I love your career because you've done a little bit of everything for pop culture, voiceover work for video games, uh, TV. It's like when people tell you, do you enjoy your job? What do you say to them?
0: <laughs> I mean, is it a trick question? Like, that's what I say. Like, of course, because it's not. Here's the thing. I, I feel like acting is is one of the few businesses where. The reward for your hard work is getting to do the job. Your reward is getting to the acting. Your reward is getting to the performing. The hustle and all of that stuff—that that, that's just like that's just part of the process. So once I get to the job, I'm just like, put me in, coach. I just want to do it. Go 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 in any form that mm-hmm. I can. Uh, and I've been very lucky, as you mentioned, I've been very lucky that I've been able to work. In all sorts of media, um, you know, it's uh, it, it is a it is a constant. It, it's a constant wonder to me that mm-hmm. I get to do what I do.
1: So I was doing a little research on you. Growing up in Cleveland, Ohio, what made you hit the acting bug? Was it always voiceover at first that you were so thinking of? Or? I
0: actually I love that you did the research. I was born in Cleveland, but I was raised in Orange County, California. Okay. So. Where I kind of got the acting bug was uh, in school because, you know, you have theater classes and school plays and all that. And so I was a I was a very good student. We had a a very educationally oriented family and I found a kind of um, fulfillment in my acting classes that I didn't necessarily find in all the other subjects. And so I just kept finding all of these opportunities outside of school to keep doing more and more of that. And as long as I had good grades and you know took care of business, my family was all for it. So um, that was really the that was really my first intro in it. It was theater. I I spent the a good hmm. the first ten years of my career mainly focusing on theater. And then uh, after that, so so I went to school. I went to Northwestern for theater, got my degree, started doing theater all over, and then moved with a show that moved to New York. Um, and started doing television in New York as well, and that's when TV and uh, TV and uh, you know commercials and all of that. And then I started going back and forth between New York and LA so that I could do theater and television in both places. And then it really wasn't until so I moved to LA in 2010, and it wasn't until I want to say 2015, 2014, 15 that voiceover became another lane that I was uh, that I was introduced to. Um, and I do think that despite the fact that I jumped in, you know, with two feet because my first big job was was Overwatch, um, uh, I do feel like all the training that I had before that in storytelling and all of the vocal training I had from theater and all that, I do think that definitely played a part in my voiceover career moving as quickly as it has,
1: mm. because everything is everything. So you mentioned voiceover, acting, theater, like, what do you enjoy the most?
0: Ah, uh, Whatever's in front of me at the moment. That's the thing. Like, I've fallen, I tend to, it's, it's the same thing as, as cities. You know, like, I've lived in Chicago, I've lived in New York, I've lived in LA, and I tend to fall in love with the place that I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that much as I want audience members to do this, I love to enjoy the medium that I'm working in for what it is. So if I'm working in TV, I know there are challenges. I know there are things that you can't do in TV that you can do in theater, but that's not what it's built for. It's built Mm. for these beautiful, intimate moments. It's built for for tiny, like for your thoughts to be read. It's a completely different thing. Whereas then you go into voiceover and it's channeling everything all through your voice. And that can be super fun as well because you're playing with this, very specific instrument that only you have no one else sounds like you mm. and then you go to the theater and you're you know 1500 people you're trying to hit the back of the back of the theater i mean like i as you can tell i just i love it all i love of storytelling course. period mm. that to me is the is the through line because every medium is just another way to share stories through the ages mm. and even when people read say someone adapts a book into a television show or a tv show into a theater piece i love it when creators make it clear why they repeated it in a different medium. What is different mm. about this creation? That, that it needs to be a play or that it needs to be a book or that it needs to be a movie. Um, that to me is kind of the, the exciting part of working in all these
1: different media. Mm-hmm. now is there something that you hoping you could do someday like work behind the scenes write a script or something is there something else that's going to push you to the next level
0: well i'm i'm it's funny because i'm already in the process of uh I, I just wrote a book so that's uh that we'll talk about that in a second and i'm also producing a show right now so that's happening i think and I, honestly it's just certain roles that i'm really excited about and mm-hmm. and in producing One of my favorite things about producing, it's not about being in control. And it's certainly like, I feel like it's somewhat of a thankless job because if anything goes wrong, the producer is the one everybody calls. And if anything goes Mm -hmm. right, someone else gets the credit. But what I love about producing is that I feel the opportunity to give voice to a lot of people who maybe didn't have it before. Um, Talk about job creation. This is, is, we have so many talented people in the world that just can't catch a break. Maybe they can't get seen by casting. Maybe they can't, uh, for whatever reason it is. And to have an opportunity to raise up those voices, it might not be, you know, triple A actors or actresses or singers or musicians. That's very exciting to me because I want, I just love more people, more is more as far as I'm concerned. It's always more fun when you have more
1: people doing it. You mentioned how like some people get lost throughout like the process and everything, like self-tape. I've heard (laughs) other guests have come on where like they've done self-tapes and they might, you know, they, and then they go and they try for something, the self-tape gets sent in and they might not even watch it because they see the person they want and they stop watching the tapes.
0: Yes. I mean, that's, the thing is, uh, that is not new to self-tapes. You know, there've been plenty of times that I've gone in for an actual audition while there is an offer out to a star for that role. Okay. Yeah. And that's just, a that's just part of the process that we all have to be aware of is that, of course, if they get their number one, choice and it's not me they're going to hire that person but in the meantime they want to see as many people as they can to find out okay if they can't get that person maybe it's going to be this person we've Mm. never seen before so it's it's less about you know just like shooting into like shouting into an empty room than it is for me about just getting seen and as one of my my uh, teachers previously said you book the room even if you can't book the job book the room Make sure that the people know that at the very least, you are talented and that the best, you're their go-to person for something. Um, that that to me is the big dream. I want to be the go-to guy. Mm-hmm. I want to be the guy where they're like, oh, hey, we should get Anjali because Anjali can do this. You know who we should go to? Anjali. I love that. I love being a solution to a problem for producers, for right. writers, for casting directors. I love being the person who's like, I got you. Don't worry about it. We're good. You got and me it, now. You're fine.
1: And it's great because like I said, I've had other guests where they'd be like, they won't get the role. but they've worked with that person before and they're like, they start the next project and they just give exactly. them a call right away. Say, we want you for this role.
0: Exactly. And having been on both sides of the table, um, I can honestly say that that absolutely is something that we do. I mean, there I have a whole folder on my computer of people I want to cast in something or people I mm. want to connect with casting directors, friends, people I've met along the way because we do, this is a, it, you know, life is as there's a book, life is a contact sport. You know, right. it's who you connect with, it's who you network with, and not in a gross schmoozy way, in a very real, wow, everybody is talented here, but that's the person I want to spend 16 hours on set with and still right. go to the bar afterwards.
1: Right.
0: Like, that's a, that's a really exciting thing to be able to put into, into process. And now that we have self-tapes, casting directors, you know, for better or for worse, they're seeing mm. a lot more people because it saves them time. And sometimes that means your tape just doesn't get seen at all. And Mm -hmm. it's, again, it's just, it's part of the business that I think um, it's not great, we don't love it, but it's part of the business that we have to accept in order to be able to get to the fun stuff.
1: Right, right. So let's jump right now, jump into the next level now, the video game world. Mm -hmm. Overwatch, uh, Epex Legends. Did you think these games were gonna be this huge? When you first started well, doing the voiceover,
0: uh, Overwatch certainly I had no, I was not prepared in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, I'd been a gamer when I was a kid, and I knew, um, I knew the video game world, and I still was a tabletop gamer as well. You know, doing D and D and stuff like that. But and I knew that Blizzard never put out a game that wasn't amazing. That I, I knew. But I was not prepared for the way the community would just grab onto that game and go running with it. I mean, the developers did such a beautiful job of creating this world, as they said, a world worth fighting for. Right. Um, with all of these heroes that so that you there's something for everyone to identify with. There's a character for everyone in this game, and they only continue to add more. So I, I was not prepared for that in any way, shape or form. I was very happy to jump on that surfboard and ride that wave and continue to ride that wave. Right. Because what it's done is it's opened up a whole new community of people that I wanted to meet and wanted to serve in a way that I I don't think would have happened in any other medium. And then Apex, Apex was a little bit different because I came into Apex a little after the game had already come out and i knew that it was kind of you know following in the same somewhat of the same lane as overwatch but different in that it's a battle royale but it's got all of these mm. unique and wonderful diverse characters that have these great backstories and the team at respawn is is just so creative and so embracing and so collaborative i can't i can't say enough about them so but in that sense i knew i knew that apex was pretty special and i was just i was very excited when that came through especially the character that came through because um i I think a lot of the characters in apex are a little dark or have like dark and brooding backgrounds and then she came in and she's just this no filter kook who comes out and uh and is much more like me than i think my character in overwatch my character in overwatch is very elegant uh the character in apex has no filter so i feel like she's a lot closer to who i am in real life
1: i was actually in some of those message groups last night to to learn more about these characters and some of the People that they don't like certain characters.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, 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 here's the thing. Like that's that's kind of in everything. It's just mm. that on the internet, those voices get equal weight. Usually, yeah. if we if we didn't have the internet and people were playing a game and they didn't like a character, they just wouldn't play that game. Or right. they wouldn't play that character, right? Now that we have the internet, those voices get equal. Equal voice, Mm. and so what I always say when someone's like, "Oh, I hate Symmetra or I hate Rampart," I'm like, "Awesome! There are a ton of characters in this game that you can play to get rid of her. So knock yourself out. Like that's why there are so many options in the in the game. Um, Mm. And I've been very lucky. I know sometimes gaming audiences really make it personal about the person playing uh, the character, and I guess." It's, for me, it's been a combination of just like not paying attention to anything negative like that, because I know how ridiculous it is to blame an actor for something right. you don't like about their character. But also, um, I have been fortunate enough to come to this level of notoriety later in my life when I have a little bit more self-possession and an understanding of, okay, the haters don't matter if if you even see them which again i'm very lucky that my community is very tight and it's very I, I i can count on one hand the number of times i've had to deal with someone like that um and i'd still have fingers left over like i can't even think of an experience like that right now so yeah i mean people get very people also get very passionate about games yes because if you if you think about it they're playing as you and they're you're in their living room you're spending a lot more time with them than you do in a, a play or a television show or a movie right. So they have a lot invested in that, and I can understand how it gets it starts to get very personal when that happens. I just have, occasionally I like to step back and remind people, like, "Come on, guys, it's all pretend.
1: It's right. all
0: pretend." So,
1: well, you've done uh, uh, comic cons and everything. How how's the interaction been through that and meeting the oh, fans?
0: It's my favorite. I love conventions so so much. If I had my brothers, I'd do one every weekend. I've said this before, and I'll say it again for, until the end of time. What I love about conventions is that. They are a place to celebrate the things you love and then be celebrated for loving the things you love. Mm. It's a community where everyone gets together with the commonality of enthusiasm and excitement. And so everyone that I've met at conventions is just someone who's there, who's excited. And Mm. I'm excited to meet them because it's very rare, you know, in theater or TV or film, it's very rare that you actually get to connect with the people who are watching the art that you're creating or who are playing the game. But at conventions, you actually get to have that one-on-one connection. Right. And I've heard so many beautiful stories that have brought tears to my eyes about people who had some kind of life change because of something that they saw or something that they read or something that they played that I was somehow involved in. And it just, seeing that, not just hearing about it uh, in an email or in a post, but seeing that on someone's face, There's there's nothing like it. It 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 makes all of the difficult stuff that we have to deal with in the business right. so much easier to deal with or the, not easier to deal with. But it gives you more fortitude to deal with it, mm. because there might be days that I don't want to get out of bed. There might be days right. that I don't feel like doing the audition. But if I'm not doing it for me, I got to do it for someone else because someone else out there needs it. Mm.
1: Have you ever had a fan make you anything, give it to you at a convention? Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. My what whole is, what office. The, yeah, so ask, this what's whole the best office gift? is full of that. I have two dressers full of fan art. I have um, all of these, like, there's, there's this whole wall of, art that i have there and some art over there on the wall so many my closet is full of little tchotchkes that people have made me little dolls little minis um symmetra's turrets this little stuffed plushies and stuff i mean i i try my best to keep it all some of it doesn't survive the like journey home in a suitcase um and at some point or another i am going to have to start you know culling those things but i do my best to keep them all Um, because they mean so much and I know people Mm. you know spent their time and energy and love uh, love creating them but yeah no there's there's I I, this this whole office of mine is a giant love letter to art and the community that that takes
1: it amazing I love I love it I love it Miss Marvel now how did that how did you get approached for that because I can't believe like it took off, and now there's even like I was last night, like when I was doing the research again. There's rumblings about a season two. Can you confirm anything?
0: I cannot. I can neither confirm nor deny the allegations.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, I can say that Marvel is a very tight-lipped organization, and if mm. I had something that I could tell you, I would have to kill you after I told you. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Miss Marvel. Well, you asked how was I approached to do that. I I wish it was something like that where I'm approached and just offered something, but just like every other actor I needed to audition. And -hmm. I was very fortunate that they uh, chose me for this role. And then it was just, you know, a blast from from day one, just an absolute blast. The the very first day I worked, I got to do a scene with Iman who plays Ms. Marvel, who plays Kamala. And within like moments I was like, oh yeah, we're going to be fine. Cause this girl's a star, we got no problem. She is sweet. She is smart. Yeah. She's kind. She's talented. We're golden. Um, yeah. So it's been, it's just been fantastic from start to finish. And after the finish, it's just continuing mm. to be the gift that keeps on giving.
1: What did, what did you love about this character? And I love how, like, throughout the episodes, like, there's certain seeds you have where you're like, you just tell people the way it is. And that's it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's kind of what I love about this character. Again, this character is so much, much like my Rampart and Apex Legends character. It's not, It's not that she's, it's not that she doesn't have a sense of what she's Mm. saying. It's just that she's sort of, she's gonna call it as she sees it for better or for worse. Sometimes that's helpful and some, or sometimes it's not. And sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's harsh. And, um, you know, in the South Asian community, aunties and uncles are kind of known for their, um, how shall we say, directness. Let's say directness. Um, And what I do love so much about Auntie Ruby is that she's not a stereotypical uh, auntie or uncle because I think aunties and uncles get a really bad rap in Mm. storytelling. My aunties are freaking dope. They're awesome. They call themselves auntie.com. They're like, if you need anything, just call auntie.com. They're so sweet and they all have these amazing stories behind them. And I feel like Auntie Ruby is sort of, she's much more like those folks. She's sort of the cool auntie who wants to hang with the kids but also wants to be friends with the, with the adults and wants to be, uh, uh, not an authority figure, but wants to be someone that can help and that people could, can look out for people, but also someone who's just gonna like, call it as she sees it, and do a TikTok or whatever. Mm,
1: that's great. What do you think was the biggest challenge of playing this character? And is there anything you would change about her if you could?
0: I would put her in more things. <laughs> no, I, 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 I mean, honestly, I'm trying to think, what's the biggest challenge about playing her? Um, the end when we stopped, biggest challenge mm-hmm. was not being sad about it because it was i I know it sounds it sounds ridiculous to say this, but like even you know when we were shooting at two o'clock in the morning and it was freezing outside, I was so happy to be on that set with those people creating the thing that we were creating because i I we did know we had something special, and we did know we had a responsibility mm-hmm. to tell us tell a story well and to and to, you know, really really make a good showing. For a lot of people, the show mattered a lot. And so to be entrusted with that responsibility and to know you're doing it with really wonderful people. Um, I, yeah, I think the biggest challenge was when it was over not getting depressed about it being done.
1: What do you think, like Aunt, Aunt, Auntie Ruby, what do you think she brought into the Miss Marvel universe? Is, there, is Well, she there definitely like-
0: brought some levity. She definitely brought some humor and some levity into it. Um, more than anything, I feel like that was, that was the gift that she gave and that mm-hmm. was the gift that the writers gave through her because them create like them creating the illuminantes is one of the most genius things i've ever heard i've never like a, never in a million years would i have thought of that um so yeah levity and directness and and sort of a bridge between the older and younger generation i right. think as well um because uh because she has her foot in in both of them she's friends with the kids and she's friends with the parents
1: right what was your favorite part filming season too?
0: Filming season two. I was, two. Season one <laughs> I was like, is this a trick question? You're trying no, to sneak no, me <laughs> no, no. in? Mean, I, mean, I see what season, you're doing yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, what was my favorite thing filming? Oh, probably the wedding. Hmm. The whole wedding episode was so much fun. The dancing and the like to see, to walk onto a set and to see something directly out of your life. Created in front of you with the people with people that look like the people you grew up with and the people in your community, and to do it with with fun and 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 refer like just to do it the way that they did it. Um, that was just yeah, that was a really 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 fun episode, and I love the dance. The dance was really fun.
1: Now, if you could be on another show that's part of Dizzy and Marvel, what do you think it would be?
0: Oh, God. It
1: doesn't have to be with Auntie Ruby's character. Any any show.
0: Woo. Oh my goodness. You threw me That's a, I'd like, there's so many that I would want to be a part of. Um, do I have to pick a show or could I pick a
1: movie? Either or we'll go with that.
0: I mean, I'm rather partial to Dr. Strange. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a D and D player and I love the idea of sorcery and all mm. of that. Maybe it's because he's a doctor and I'm Indian and I like doctors. I don't know. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm very partial to him. So being in, being in that, you know, um Avengers universe, obviously mm-hmm. would be very exciting. I think of the shows, um, if it wasn't for the way it ended, I probably would have want to stepped into WandaVision and all that, um although I can certainly step good- into the the future spinoff that is coming for for I think I think it's out there. um and uh I think show wise I'd probably want to jump into Loki because I think it has mm-hmm. the most possibilities for connection with the other universes
1: mm. no um, Vil- villain or superhero
0: oh, either
1: Yeah,
0: I mean really because they're kind of now the lines are kind of blurred anyway right. Right? right like look at Loki the lines are very blurry when it comes to him mm. um so yeah I um I don't know it's much more fun <laughs> not to determine that right
1: Right, and hopefully now, like I said, maybe we'll see a season two that's been rumbling. Yeah, we'll see finger about crossed.
0: That. I think, Fingers- here's what I would want. I would want them to write a brand new series. We have Captain Marvel. We have Ms. Marvel. Now uh-huh. we need Auntie Marvel. And then uh, that's that's the series that I think we <laughs> should Because yeah. she's ready. She, is, she was born ready. <laughs>
1: now, uh, earlier you mentioned about a book. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yes, Um. so I wrote a book called I Am Fun Size and So Are You, Thoughts from a Tiny Human on Living a Giant Life. And it came out of this web series that I had created back in 2017 as a a gift to the community, the online community that I had met, that I told you about Mm. that just like embraced, not just me, but all of the voice actors that I was working with and and the games that we were in and our characters. And I wanted to give something back. And I realized that, well, uh, you know yes i can give back acting that way but the one thing that i have to offer that no one else has to offer are my particular set of experiences and how i survived them uh for better or for worse whether gracefully or very sloppily whatever it is and since a lot of people would write into me um you know write dm me or whatever personal questions and i didn't feel so comfortable asking you know telling them specific advice because i don't i don't believe in advice it's all opinions Hmm. um what I decided to do was answer those questions in sort of a broad way from my experience on this show. And uh, the concept of being a fun size to me is not about being small. It's about all of us being built for fun. All of us built to have these huge lives and the world and experience and whatever sometimes makes us feel very small and worst of all alone. So my goal with the series and then now the book was really to just let people know, no matter where you are, no matter how unique your, your set of circumstances is your challenges, you are not alone. Anytime you see someone out there who you think their life is perfect, I guarantee you there is a story behind there that you don't know anything about. And I wanted to share that uh, with as many people as possible so uh we are having the official launch events coming up uh this week i don't know when this is i don't know when we're airing this so i should just like say that but we are having some official launch events an online book launch event a bunch of signings and uh yeah i'm just really excited we managed to in the first week we managed to hit uh number one on amazon a categories and number five on the wall street journal and just i was i was blown away. By how many people wanted to read it, and I was very grateful for it.
1: Are You already brainstorming for another book idea?
0: Oh, I have like five books in my head, but right. uh, but I want to give this one its time.
1: Right.
0: Uh, you know, the other books that I have in my head are obviously different different lanes and stuff. But right. um, I feel like this this idea of fun size, this 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 whole. I don't want to say it's like a way of life, but just this, this, this concept of of living your life that way. Yeah. I think there is a lot of opportunity to help people um, with that mindset. And so I'm trying to figure out as many ways as I can to give that its due and to give that to people um, while simultaneously recording and filming and producing right. and doing all of the other things that I'm doing. So, but yes, right. I definitely have other books in the works. In fact, I keep looking over there because my closet has a whole stickies wall on it uh, for the next one that I have yeah. in line.
1: Now, uh, for the listeners and the viewers, is there any other projects you're allowed to tell us about that we'll see you soon on anything?
0: But I am or- allowed to tell you about, no, but I can tell you that there are some really fun things coming and we're just waiting to find out about the release dates. So um, I am very active on social media. So as soon as I get news, that I'm allowed to put out there, it is out there. Um, the, the one that I can tell you about the show that I'm producing, uh, and I'm producing this in, in uh, conjunction with Bankable Productions, which is Tyra Banks's company. And I'm very excited about this show. It's called The B Word. Um, it's about five uh, South Asian women living their lives, South Asian American women living their lives here in Los Angeles, and the challenges that they face, uh, particularly with one of their own who happens to be. Uh, just a hot mess. And mm-hmm. we deal with a lot of unspoken things or things that don't really get as much as much playtime, so to speak, in our community. A lot of, uh, you know, we, we we handle the dark stuff as well as we handle the life stuff. So I'm really excited to get that out in the world and um, and to have a cast, uh, you know, of, of these beautiful, strong South Asian women,
1: mm.
0: uh and men, uh, to have that on television is going to be a really special thing too. It's
1: great. It's plenty of like a streaming, you don't know yet. You're gonna pitch it everywhere. Is that what uh, the plan
0: is? this is where I have to go. Uh I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Yeah, right. Once everything is public, that. it comes on out. Yeah. So, like I said, uh yeah. keep an eye out on the socials.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Speaking of socials, let's end the interview by uh, telling everybody where they can find you to keep up with you and all the news you got coming out.
0: Sure, sure, sure. So I am in most places, I am Sweet Ange with three E's. So it's the word sweet, but S-W-E-E-E-T. A N J, beginning of my name that's instagram that's youtube that's uh twitter and then i'm anjali Bhimani, is my fan page on facebook and then i do have a public facing email address for anyone who wants to ask questions for the series um or wants to send in anything and that's anjali at iamfunsize.com great
1: anjali i want to thank you uh for coming on and give me a few minutes today this is great
0: thank you thanks for letting me